Hello and welcome to the Dorm Room Dispute Podcast. I am Mitchell Kaminsky. How are you? Are you enjoying the March Madness? It's been a phenomenal tournament so far. I am giddy. Not only is my bracket crushing it, there's one conference in this tournament that has stood out above all the rest and proved they are far superior. And I'm not talking about the Pac-12, and I know the Pac-12 has been very impressive out of all of them. The Missouri Valley Conference, baby, the valley runs deep, has shown the rest of the world who the best basketball conference is. The conference of your Bradley Braves has really impressed this tournament. And honestly, the valley doesn't get enough respect. These mid-major schools, like, you better start respecting the valley. Because the Loyola Ramblers about to ruin your tournament once again. Give us some damn respect. Both the teams that made it this year, Drake Bulldogs, Loyola, both won their opening games. <clears throat> and Drake, by the way, they have this beast, yeah, Yesifu. He was built for March Madness. That guy went off in his first two games. They knocked off the Wichita, uh, Wichita State, who, former Valley team, bunch of damn traitors. They leave the conference. All of a sudden, they can't win a tournament game. What am I going to tell you? But, hey, listen. In all seriousness, I told you last podcast that the Ramblers had a chance to upset. There was a team that was going to knock off Illinois. It was going to be Loyola. Uh, And it's a shame I didn't have the balls to pick it in my bracket. I was so close. But this is a showcase of Missouri Valley basketball. Tough. Well-coached. Good defense. It's exactly what you saw. Cameron Crutwig, by the way, is that not like your favorite player like in this tournament? If he's not your favorite player in the tournament, I don't know who is. He's bringing hope to beer leaguers everywhere that you could play at an elite level. I mean, you look at that guy. That doesn't look like an athlete. Looks like a guy that should be uh, the spokesperson for the Pillsbury Doughboy commercials or whatever. Man's out there, runs like Babe Ruth. (laughs) He's blocking shots. He's making great defensive plays, smart IQ. Apparently, he brings a harmonica around everywhere he goes. I mean, I want to party with Cameron Crutwig. Great loyal team. I think they're making a run, too. They're going to beat Oregon State. Uh, I, I think that they're knocking off Oregon State. If you look at their road to the bracket here, uh, they got Oregon State, then they have to play the winner of Syracuse-Houston. Uh, I think they can beat one of those two. They're going to be at least, they're going to be they're going to be in the Elite Eight, yeah, at least. That's a very good team, uh, those Loyola, uh, Chicago. And you know what? We went up, allegedly, the Big Ten, they claimed, oh, yeah, we're the best basketball conference. That conference overrated, as usual. Iowa got exposed. I could have told you that. Uh, Luca Garza couldn't hold a candle to Cameron Crutwig. Um, just kidding. He had a phenomenal uh, college career. But still, I mean, knocked out second round. He had no help. Bohannon, overrated hack. Um, but yeah, I mean, they went up against the best team in the Big Ten. Embarrassed him. Start to finish. Wire to wire. Sister Jean had a better scouting report on Loyola than Illinois' head coach did. Like, gee, did you hear her opening prayer? She, she predicted the game like that. Like a T. Yeah, we're going to get him nervous early. Uh, they shoot the three ball well, but our defense should be able to handle it. She was, the sister Jean was right. So good for Loyola. And yeah, I had, I had, I, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, I'm a little, little, I'm a little over sister Jean because she's taking all the attention away from, from the tournament. But you know what? If that's what it takes to give the Valley, uh, the brand, some attention is the old Royal Ramblers fan wearing the Hermione Gryffindor star, scarf. So be it. You know what? I'm all for it. Go sister Jean. Go Ramblers. Ramble on. Keep making the Valley proud. It's the best basketball conference in the NCAA. You can't tell me otherwise. If Bradley was allowed to play last year, they would have been making noise in the tournament too, but unfortunately COVID ruined that one. So 
you know, what are you going to do? But good, 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 good for the Valley. <laughs> I mean, in all seriousness, now, going through the rest of the tournament, I'll, I'll give you my pick for, for this week. We'll see how it goes. Uh, Gonzaga, they're going to be Creighton. Uh, I don't like Creighton's coach. He had that, the, those uh, questionable remarks about staying on the plantation. May or may not be a racist. Who knows? Uh, regardless, it was some uh, not very smart comments he made at the end of the Big East tournament. They got knocked out. He's like, hey, everyone stay on the plantation. Stay on the plantation. It's like, it's a poor choice of words right there. Because plantation's only connotated with one thing. You don't like, you're not pulling like, when you think plantation, you think of one thing, it's slavery right away. So there's no other way to like put it like, oh, you know, I made a mistake. It's like, you know what you were doing there. So Gonzaga's going to win just because of that. And they also got this guy, Timmy. Hey, he's a beast. Love his mustache. The mustache is, you got good facial hair. That's a win in my book. So I, I like Gonzaga there. Uh, I'm going USC over Oregon. USC really playing good basketball right now. They humiliated Kansas. So I'm taking USC there. I like Michigan. Michigan, the one Big Ten school left. Uh, Juwan Howard, a great coach. I, I think th- that's a deep team. There's really not a whole lot of weaknesses. I think they beat Florida State in a close one. Alabama, I got them going to the Final Four. Uh, I really like the way Alabama's playing. They can shoot it from deep. you got a good shooting team there. Uh, Baylor's my other Final Four team. Oral Roberts. Uh, screw those guys. They ruined my bracket. Knocked out Ohio State early. Not a fan of them. But uh, that'll be an interesting one, too. We'll see if they can continue. Sometimes these teams get a little exposed there. Uh, but we, we shall see. We shall see. Also, I'm taking Syracuse in an upside over Houston. The 11 over the 2. Uh, I like Buddy Buckets. Buddy Bohannon. He's a smart player. Uh, his dad's the coach. Uh, or uh, Not Bohannon. Bayheim. Buddy Bayheim. Uh, they call him Buddy Buckets. But... Uh, He's Coach Beheim's son and smart basketball player, can shoot the three. They got a couple guys that can really stretch the floor uh, for Syracuse. So I got them winning that one, and then I got Loyola winning number eight, representing the Valley. But it's been a fun. I mean, it's been a fun tournament so far. There's been a lot of upsets, some great games. The first day of the tournament, you got the two in overtime. The one came down to the last shot with Drake in Wichita State. And the guy from Wichita State missed a three as time was expiring. Uh, and then the next game with UCLA and Michigan State went to overtime. That was a barn burner. UCLA has been a sneaky good team, too. I really like the way they play. But uh, I got a guy, Jaime Rodriguez, I believe his name is. Great player. Uh, he's a beast in the paint. He's got some good footwork. So, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's been a fun one. These things are so damn hard to predict, though. I'm sure uh, most of you will we'll, we'll see uh, how, how that goes because it truly is uh, it's madness out there. But... Anyway, we're, we're moving on to a more serious note. So, back in high school, I used to be on the golf team, um, and I, I was a decent golfer. I'm still, I, mean, I still am a, a decent golfer. So I was uh, the sophomore year. Uh, I tried off the golf team and I made it. And uh, during the tryout, it was kind of like this is backstory. Uh, the, the the cap I was in the foursome uh, with one of the, the team captain of the team, so he he was gonna make it regardless. First hole, uh, he misses a par putt, like very close, and he's like pissed off because he, he usually makes these. He's like, all right, we're giving each other this foot putt, and he holds it up like, you know, it's about he, he holds his hand up, it's about like two, two one and a half feet, two feet or so. So like, if it's this close, it's a gimme. So he marks himself with the four, and that set the precedent. It's like, all right, then that that's how they play, whatever. So obviously, because of stuff like that, high school in high school golf, not no officiating. Uh, there's a lot of cheating. <laughs> it runs rampant no matter where you go. And that's kind of when I figured out very early, like, 
Oh, so that's the way they play. So, like, you know, you, you go through these rounds, and, yeah, you're going to be – there's some loose interpretations of the rules if we're putting it nicely, uh, which is something the coaches everyone really tries to track down on. Uh, and the the head coach for our team, he talked to us before the year because they know it's probably – everyone, I'm sure they all have this. And he's like, hey, so when it comes to this the, the cheating thing, if there's smoke, there's probably uh, – there's fire. Like, if we're getting a bunch of reports that someone's cheating, then it probably happened. And, you know, sure enough, later in the year, we had an off day, and we were supposed to be playing – you know, everyone was playing. It was uh, – I was usually in the, the starting rotation this particular day. Uh, they, they moved me to the bench, so, like, I wasn't playing that day. But they still let you go out and get, like, work in – uh, and they make expect you to keep track of the store competitively. So it was me and the, a couple other bench warmers that were going out there. And this is the first time I'd ever been out there. And, again, I'm not used to that. I'm used to playing, like, the actual match. So I'm, like, kind of loose, you know, and we're all just kind of – we're dicking around on the course. You know, we're not we're not playing competitive golf. You know, it's a bunch of gimmies. The one guy teed up his ball in the freaking fairway. <laughs> it was a joke. Uh, and, you know, we're going through. We're marking off our scores or whatever. And uh, sure enough, it just so happens at the end of it, that three of the four guys on there had much lower scores than they're usually used to putting up. And the coach is looking at the scorecard. He's like, is this, is this accurate? I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's accurate. He's like, this this doesn't look this doesn't look very accurate. I'm like, oh, no, hey, listen, we, I swear to you, these things, these these are legit. Well, sure enough, you know, the smoke, the fire, a couple of weeks go by, and there's some, like, reports of some other, like, suspicious activity on the course where they're like, hey, I'm pretty sure one of the, 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 the uh, the guys that work there's like I'm pretty sure I saw the one guy like tee up his ball and like the fairway. So there's like you're getting all these things and like the coaches can deduct. They didn't actually see it happen. They don't have any proof that it happened. But like if we're hearing all these things, they're like yeah, you guys you guys cheated. So then sure enough, uh, a couple of them got suspended from the team for a couple matches because like you can you can deduct. So the well, that's a long winded way of saying in the Deshaun Watson situation, and you hate to come out and say anyone's a liar, but at this point. I believe it has now gone up to 14 women have come out and accused uh, him of sexual uh, assault slash harassment. Um, and it's the same thing. If there is smoke, there is fire. And there, at this point, there's no question in mind. He, he probably, he, he did it. He did it. And if you're a team that is still uh, 16, 16 lawsuits against him. If, if you're a team that's still trying to trade for him, like, you need to take a look in the mirror. Like, cause that, you got to be ashamed of yourself. It's, and it's sad. I mean, the situation's sad. If you feel bad for all the women that came out, and Deshaun Watson was a guy that you look at, and it's like, man, he was a great figure in his community. He's like, he seemed like a nice guy, you know, came across a great guy. And all this comes out now, it's like, ugh. And he's still denying it, but, I mean, come on, let's call a spade a spade here. He probably did it. He's being classified now as a uh, serial predator. Which, not good. It's a it's a disturbing pattern. But in, in some of the reports too are like sticking. Like if you're, because I hear a bunch of Bears fans all the time. And this is what really like frustrates. It's like, oh no, we can we can get them at a, we can get them at a cheap price now. The market for them is like not probably not very good. It's like why would you why would you even put yourself to that head? Like he should not be on an NFL team if all this comes out to be true, which I'm pretty sure it is. He's crucial, which is sad. But that's that. You you can't have that. Like, you can't, like, it, it was, it, it, he's forcibly, uh, what, what was it? There was, uh, many massage therapists, uh, were, were coming out and saying he was, like, 
forcibly trying to he was exposing himself or touching them with his penis it was like or he, he won he tried to get one to perform oral sex on him it's like good god you really want that as a quote at least at least with the bears the mitch trubisky draft pick you don't have to worry about this headache there's one good thing to come out of that is that'll put the rest of like oh well, you missed out on deshaun Watt. like this is this is sickening so if there's smoke, there's fire. He probably did. Don't, if I'm a teacher, I ain't picking up the phone to call about Sean Watson. There's, my, you wipe your hands clean to the whole thing. Um, yeah, sad situation all the way around. Uh, but we, we will see what happens there. Uh, another interesting development that just came out. It just happened yesterday. Uh, NFL ref, or NFL official uh, Tim Peel got fired for a uh, hot mic comments about a penalty call. <laughs> and boy, that was, it was pretty, it was pretty funny actually. <laughs> a hot mic caught him saying, quote here, I wanted to get a fucking penalty against Nashville early, which is a problem. Let's see if I can, I'll try and pull it up uh, here. Uh, Oh, I can't get yeah, so I I can't I can't get it to go. But yeah, uh you probably shouldn't express how much you want to call a penalty against the team earlier in the game. And that which changes how you ref the rest of the game because you're gonna get a makeup call. Uh but he goes, it, it, it wasn't much, but I wanted to get a fucking penalty against Nashville early in the and it cut to commercial break. It's like, oh Jesus. And you wonder why people think the NBA's Ray with people like Tim Donnie's because stuff stuff like that. Uh, but you know, you would, you know, as an official, any sort of official, umpire, referee, whatever, it's not good if people know your name. If you're a household name, like Tim Peel trending on Twitter, that's how you know as an official, uh-oh, I probably did something wrong. Like, go through your mind and you think, how many officials, I, I go, um, baseball, umpires. How many umpires can you name off the top of your head? Right now, well, probably Joe West. How do you know Joe West? Because he's an ass clown. He stinks. He's bad at his job. He makes a lot of bad calls. He humiliates himself on the field. People know Joe West, and they associate him with, this guy stinks. Especially White Sox fans. He hates the White Sox. Screw Joe West. Another one, Angel Hernandez. Like Joe West, a friend, like he stinks too. You, you know him because of that. Uh, if you go down the line, Tim Donahue, crooked at ref. NBA ref. That's why people know him. Because he was allegedly, you know, he said he came out and said the NBA was fixed, and then he got caught, he got fired for, uh, th- you know, taking bribes for games or whatnot. Uh, you know his name. If you know an official's name, probably means you're not doing a good job. You want to be anonymous. So when I was an umpire, that's the thing. You don't want people to be anonymous. Then you know you're doing a good job. So, uh, yeah, that was, that's my thoughts on that. Um, <clears throat> Many NFL news uh, here uh, today. Uh, Jaguars signed C.J. Beathard. Not really going to move the needle much, but uh, Gardner Minshew could be on the move. Uh, T.Y. Hilton signs a one-year deal to return with the Colts. Uh, I like that move for, uh, for Indy. I think that's a good, good that's a good piece to have around uh, uh, Carson Wentz there. I'd still add another guy outside. Uh, I would like to see them draft a receiver, maybe get uh, uh, Devontae Smith. Uh, for Indy, I think that would be that would be a good move for them. Um, so yeah, I, the, some other other free agency moves just to keep everyone caught. Nadama Kinsu, former Nebraska man, signs one year, ten million dollar deal to return with the Buccaneers. Buccaneers are bringing the band back together. That is a scary good defense. I really like 
what they have been doing. And speaking of good defenses, Denver Broncos, Marshall would be smiling if you heard me say this. I think they're going to be a top-five defense next year. Bears release Kyle Fuller, Vic Fangio, former defensive coordinator for the Bears, now the head coach of the Broncos, is like, oh, I'll take myself a Kyle Fuller. They got him. They restructured Kareem Jackson's deal, brought him back on a cheaper contract, a hard-hitting safety over the middle there. Uh, I think they're going to draft, and I will get into it later, I think they're going to draft someone in the secondary too. So they already have improved their secondary a lot to go with that good pass rush, because they already had a good pass rush with Von Miller and Chubb. Uh, secondary was an issue for them last year. They brought back some decent pieces. You add Kyle Fuller, you draft a guy, and all of a sudden it's like, ooh, that defense could be that defense could be good. Uh, they're just a quarterback away right now. Um, Denver's scary. I like what they have been doing this offseason. I like what they did last offseason too, but that, that's that's a scary team. Now they did get rid of Philip Lindsay, who I did like, uh, but yeah, what are what are you gonna do there? Uh, Let's see, was that, what was the other? Oh, and yes, Kenny Galladay going to the New York Giants. And I'll tell you, with that move, Daniel Jones now doesn't have a whole lot of excuses because he's getting some weapons there. The turnover problems need to be minimized. You have a legit number one receiver. You got Saquon Barkley. You don't really have any excuses. Daniel Jones, here's the keys to the car. Don't crash it. Get us to the postseason. Because if he can't get them there this year, they're gonna Giants are gonna be back on the market for another quarterback. So this is a big year for Sam Darnold in that division. Uh, which the Giants actually impressed me out of five as far as a five win team goes. They were fairly impressive last year. Where I think there's no reason they can't come back and win the division this year. Who's that great in the division? I mean, they got the Cowboys with Dak Prescott. It should be a little bit better coming off an injury, but that defense still isn't very good. That division's winnable. That division's winnable. Eagles are a hot mess right now. Washington, good defense. We'll see what they do quarterback-wise with Fitzpatrick. Uh, it's up for grabs. Should be another interesting uh, division. Uh, quick ad reads here. First and foremost, uh, we are partnered. Our Unhinged Network is partnered with ColorCast, which is a phenomenal app. I recommend downloading it. But dorm room dispute. We are in a uh, their bracket madness. Their their broadcaster madness tournament. Sick top 64. They picked 64 broadcasters. They had them all compete. Uh, we've advanced to the Sweet 16 uh, of that tournament, or maybe it was 32. Either way, yeah, we're down. There's down to uh, we're down to okay, round of 32. I we advanced one round, so we should. We're probably going to be doing the Loyola Oregon State game, repping the Missouri Valley. So if you hop on, the link will be on our Twitter uh, around then. That game is at one o'clock. Uh, I believe, or 12, is that noon for Easter, uh, 1 o'clock Eastern time. Uh, the link will be on our Twitter. Hop on there. Give us a listen. We would really appreciate it. It uh, helps build our brand, the, dorm, the uh, dorm dispute brand, the unhinged sports brand. It'll help us advance Sweet 16 here. We'd much appreciate it. We rep, just like just like uh, I rep the Valley, we, you, we, we support the Valley on this podcast. You, you can support, you can support the, uh, the Dorm Room Dispute podcast in uh, the Unhinged Sports Network. There's two unhinged teams far into the benches than the other in the bracket, so make sure you listen to them too. Goal is to meet in the championship. So uh, Saturday, Oregon State Loyola is probably the game we will be doing. Uh, if there's any updates, we will let you know on that. Uh, also, as usual, you know the drill. <laughs> Fanatics, link. Description, bio, click it. You go there, they kick back some portions. Get yourself a Cameron Crowick jersey. Sister Jean scarf. Rock the Loyola Ramblers this weekend. Uh, shout out to my aunt. She went there, alumni. She was very happy. She could talk crap to all of her Illinois friends. Uh, 
but yeah, so good, good for them. Uh, and then finally, Fubo TV, 14 day free trial. Click the link. You know the drill if you've been listening. If not, get on Fubo TV. It's fantastic. You get all these free, you get all these channels. You can get a 14 day trial. Our uh, podcast, uh, Twitter, at Dormer Dispute. Click the link there, Fubo TV, free 14 day trial if you get with them. Let's talk some NBA really quick. You know, I've had my NBA championship bubble uh, the past couple weeks I've been talking about. I am removing the Clippers from it unless they make a move at the deadline. Uh, they had a game against the Hawks the other day that was really telling. Now, the bench came out. They were down by 22 points. The starters were not trying. There's one play. The guy in the Hawks went end-to-end. It looked like he was moving around traffic cones. There was some miscommunication. There's a Marcus Morris laying on the floor at the other end, arguing about a call, didn't get back on defense. Guy coasted the basket. So Ty Lue, and I gave him props for this. This is some great coaching. He's like, all right, you guys don't want to try? Fine. Puts, he benches all the starters, brings in the reserves. Luke Kennard and company lead the comeback, and then finally Kawhi comes in to clean up the mess. But that team, they need it. Th- I thought that was a championship contender. They are not. They need a third star. Like they need someone. They need someone uh, to add. I I think. Yeah, I don't know. They, they gotta they gotta find they gotta find another they gotta find another player because the roster is currently constructed. I don't see it happening. LeBron James got hurt with the ankle injury, so now you got LeBron and Anthony Davis injured, and that makes me very hesitant with the Lakers. Still rolling with them. They're both gonna miss. LeBron should only miss a couple of weeks. But they're going to need to figure it out chemistry-wise very quickly uh, in the final stretch of the season, and it's probably going to hurt their seeding too. That Denver Nuggets team is kind of scaring me. Uh, Jokic is playing at an elite level. And you go up and down that roster with Jamal Murray and all that. I mean, there's a guy that can match up with Anthony Davis. Jokic is going to give him a run for his money. He's got the great court vision out there. He's basically running. There's a couple of possessions. He was basically running the offense. We did the Bulls-Nuggets game Friday, and it was like, wow, this guy... This guy's impressive. So, uh, that's, yeah, <coughs> an update to the NBA bubble. So, right now, I'm still putting in. If I had to pick, here's who I got. Here's my title, title contenders as of right now, March 24th. There's an updating thing each week based on what I see. Lakers still at, are in. I'm putting the 76ers in. I think they have a shot. Uh, and I think the Nuggets have a shot as well. Uh, they're kind of creeping in there. We'll put the Nuggets in at three. Uh, Milwaukee's just outside. Bledsoe is killing me shooting-wise. He just can't knock down any outside shots, and I think Giannis is going to need a little bit of help there. Um, and the 76ers thing, by the way, is contingent on Joel Embiid coming back fully fully healthy for, for the playoffs. If he's not, then this is not a contending team. But if he is, then I, I, li- I really like the depth on their roster, and then Brooklyn Nets. I mean, Brooklyn, James Harden needs to start getting some MVP votes. He is playing phenomenal for them. I mean, Kevin Durant's out. Kyrie Irving, you don't know what you're going to get every night. He plays every other day, basically. Durant's been the, he's been, or not Durant, uh, Harden's been the real deal. A facilitator out there can create his own shot. Uh, I like the way he's running the offense, getting everyone involved. He's been he's been legit this year. He's very he, Harden's impressed me. And I'm not a Harden fan. You heard him when he got traded. I mean, I'm not. I don't like James Harden, but uh, he has impressed. Quick update. Also, battle Peoria Water. Cole again. 
They must have heard us the last couple times on the podcast because they are still trying to snuff us out. We have not been able to get a new water system in this house uh, in the past four weeks. The machine we have right now, it's on and off. We're stuck drinking the the gross Peoria drinking water. Frogs, would goldfish would commit suicide in this water. It tastes like a frog's ass. It's disgusting. Disgusting Peoria water. Sanitation department, pick it up. Going to the gym every morning, bring my gallon jug in there, have to fill it up, and those are the rations for the day, and then keep your fingers crossed at night if the water machine is working. Coligan, you bastards, I will never endorse you. Please bring our machine. No, <laughs> please bring our machine. We are losing the war against dirty Peoria water. So an update from the front. Uh, NBA trade deadlines tomorrow, so we'll, hopefully next week we'll have some interesting moves to report. There haven't been anything of note uh, here to uh, really it's been a pretty slow market so we can't we can't really report anything of note there uh, and with that we now move in I was doing some research come up with a uh, a little mock draft here here are my top 10 players I like in the draft who I think is going to trade get them this is no trades here there are no trades in this draft, so <clears throat> um, yeah, you've, we will we'll, we'll see. Uh, there's, there probably will be trades in the draft, but these are the top ten players that I was picking, this is who I would take. Let's do it. Number one overall, the best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck. It's a lock. There's only one reason. Urban Meyer came out of retirement to coach the Jacksonville Jaguars. Why would you want to live in Jacksonville? It stinks. It's because he wants to coach Trevor Lawrence. That's an easy one. Layup at number one. There's not many sure things in the NFL. This is as close as you can get to a sure thing in the draft. Trevor Lawrence going number one overall to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Number two. We have talked about him before on this podcast. He's building a lot of steam. This is assuming the Jets would stick with Sam Darnold, which I think they should have said that multiple times. We won't get into it. Kyle Pitts, tight end, out of Florida. Now, there's a lot of scouts saying that Kyle Pitts could be a wide receiver. He'd be the top wide receiver in this draft if he didn't play tight end. So you could use him as right receiver. You could use him as a tight end. I think you get Kyle Pitts because they, they need some O-line help too, but it's a deep O-line draft class. You can get some of those guys to help you out second, third round. So I'm taking Kyle Pitts if I am the New York Jets. Number three, the Dolphins. I'm taking a receiver. I'm taking Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle, wide receiver, Alabama. Now, he had the injury problem, uh, which, you know, it's some red flags. But I like Jalen Waddle. I think he's a. I think he translates better in the NFL than Devonta Smith, honestly. Uh, so I would have him going number three to the Dolphins. You can also go Jamar Chase there. It's debatable. I think Waddle's a little bit better from the limited tape I've seen. I've no scout, but I got uh, Waddle going three to the Dolphins. Number four, Atlanta Falcons. Now some people think they're taking a quarterback. I think Matt Ryan's a solid quarterback as it is. Now you look at those losses last year. You're not blaming Matt Ryan uh, for for their struggles. So, I'm taking the playmaker on the defensive side of the ball. Their defense stinks. Uh, you could they, Offenses are moving through them like shit through a goose. Too easy. Get a playmaker. 
Micah Parsons, linebacker for Atlanta. That's someone they could use in the middle. Uh, they, they, quite frankly, they, that defense has no playmakers. Like Matt Ryan, they, they can score. Todd Gurley and company, Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, they're scoring touchdowns. Get some stops. Get some stops. Mike Parsons will be the first step to do so. The Bengals. This is an easy one. I mean, you got to protect Joe Burrow. You saw what happened last year. The poor man was getting killed. Uh, so you, you got to draft the best O-lineman in this draft. Rashawn Slater. Fortify. Get some bodies up. Protect. Protect Joey Burrow. He is a treasure of Ohio. Give that man some protection. All right, now we go Eagles. And this is another team you need a receiver. Waddle could easily go here. I think he's better, though, so he's going to the Dolphins. So they, the, the, the Eagles take Jamar Chase out of LSU. Yeah, I mean, you already said you're going to stick with Jalen Hurts as your quarterback. And if you want to give him a fair shake, you're going to need to do better than that band of scrubs they have in their wide receiving core. So I'm going uh, Jamar Chase to the Eagles. The Detroit Lions, the dumpster fire of the NFC North, saving the Bears from, uh, I mean, the Bears are a dumpster fire too. There's a lot of, there's two dumpster fires in that division, quite frankly. But with the Lions, uh, you go, I'm, they're taking a QB. They're taking Zach Wilson, the Mormon. He's coming to Detroit to try and save the sad franchise. Will he do it? No. He had Matt Stafford. He was a very good quarterback too. He couldn't do it. Maybe Zach Wilson can. I don't see it happening. Uh, I think he'll be a very good player, but like he's not turning the Lions into a playoff team unless he gets some help there. But that would be a good pick for them. Uh, he can sit behind Jared Goff for a couple years, uh, maybe a year, but it's really putting the pressure on Jared Goff because you know Jared Goff's not your future. Um, you give him a fair shake this year, and if it doesn't work out again, which it probably won't because it's a bad organization and he barely made it work with uh, Sean McVay last season, he needs everything to go right for him to be successful. Like, good old line. If he has a clean pocket, Jared Goff can throw a beautiful football. But when things break down and you need him to make a playmaker and step up, not happening. And guess what? There's going to be a lot of times he's going to be needing to step up with that Detroit Lions team. So Zach Wilson, they're going to get him. He's going to be the replacement. Uh, coming in next, uh, another quarterback going to the Panthers. Sorry, you like our NFL uh, NFL films music? Thought we'd make this mock draft a little more exciting here. Uh, anyway, we got Justin Fields going to the Panthers, quarterback. I like Justin Fields a lot more than most. I think he's easily the third best quarterback in this draft. Um, a big Justin Fields guy. And we heard we had that coach for Northwestern come on the podcast and tell you just how difficult he is to prep for. Uh, you saw him in the playoff game too against Clemson on a big stage. Big arm, throws a good football, mobile playmaker. That is exactly exactly what Matt Rule is looking for. It's the Panthers. He doesn't really have a Teddy Bridgewater but he he can run that college style offense with Justin Fields. That I think would be a home run in Carolina. Uh, so I think the Panthers are going to take him. Alright, we alluded to this earlier. The Broncos number 9. They need a cornerback. Uh, the secondary is not good and I know they added some but I think it would be smart for them to take a cornerback here. I got them taking Caleb Farley out of Virginia Tech, uh, going to the Broncos. Add another playmaker to Vic Vangio's secondary, and that can be a force to be reckoned with. So I think that makes the most sense for them. And then for the Cowboys, I have them taking Benini Sewell. O-line's getting a little old. 
Dak just got hurt. You might want to protect him a little bit too. You just invested a ton of money in him. Uh, so I have them taking Sewell at 10, the Dallas Cowboys. Marshall just texted me, by the way. He said we're not taking a cornerback at number nine. I mean, what else do you need? I mean, unless you draft a quarterback. But who do you want? Mac Jones? You need Trey Lance? I don't think so. Your secondary's ass, pal. And one, you know, you added some nice pieces. Kyle Fuller's nice. But you still need more help. I think they're taking a cornerback. Vic Fangio's smart. He likes defensive guys, too. You know he's in John Elway's ear. That's who they're taking. So, that is my top ten players in this draft. Uh, that's where I think they're going for the mock draft-wise. Uh, we'll see later down the road. Bears, by the way, they just signed a running back. Damian Williams, former Super Bowl MVP. So I think that's actually a nice one-two punch in the backfield there. Uh, give Andy Dalton some help. Jesus Christ, it's going to be a terrible season. Uh, what a long year. Andy Dalton. Brutal. I still haven't gotten over that. At least I got the White Sox, though. White Sox look good. <laughs> they're turning around this spring, man. It's going to be it's gonna be a fun, fun year. Alright, let's end with this. We'll end on the White Sox. No. What's the White Sox? Uh, fun little nugget here. It's a Tony La Russa, White Sox. Uh, new manager. Growing on me, by the way. Uh, you know, he got hired, and he was an alcoholic booze bag that humiliated himself back in February. He got his second DUI. Uh, and he was like, oh, I'm a Hall of Famer, brother. Uh, you don't you know who I am? I'm a Hall of Fame baseball person. It's like, all right, Tony, Jesus. So we, th- I figured it would be uh, Jerry Reinsdorf's, Reinsdorf's trying to get the gang back together, bring his old uh, pal uh, Larusa to the South Side. But Larusa, he's in it to win it. He's 110 uh, percent uh, committed to this thing. The players have been responding, doing well. Jose Abreu's really liking him. So if Jose Abreu's buying in, I'm buying in. I've, uh, I've broaden my horizons to Tony Larusa being our manager. And Steve Stone said he's broadcast for the White Sox. He's like, hey, listen. There's not a guy, they're not getting outmanaged the sixth and seventh inning, huh? Hey, Strategy-wise, they're not going to get outmanaged. And they got outmanaged a couple times last year with Rick Renteria, who I was a fan of. I loved Ricky, but uh, there was times that he inarguably got outmanaged late in games, which was a huge problem. Uh, so Tony LaRusso, that's not going to happen. And his philosophy on winning is like, uh, and this goes back to his days uh, in Oakland, uh, where he's like, uh, Steve Stone asked him on his philosophy as a manager. And he goes, well, I'm not going to tell you that because if you get traded somewhere, you could use it against me. And he's like, oh, come on, just give me something. He's like, all right, I will give you this much. We are going to win the 7th, 8th, and ninth innings, which uh, I think is very telling because you got, with that bullpen uh, they have, they can really set it up. It reminds me of how the Kansas City Royals won the World Series back in 2015 is because when it got past the sixth inning, they had that three-headed monster in the bullpen with Wade Davis, Calvin Herrera, and Greg Holland. And he was like, this game, this game is over. So I know the White Sox want to try and duplicate that. They have the bullpen to do it. Like Liam Hendricks, Aaron Bummer, uh, Cody Hoyer, Michael Kopech, Garrett Crochet, you get Nick, the list goes on. Uh, Evan Marshall out of that bullpen where you could, you could set up. I mean, <laughs> after the fifth inning, the White Sox probably going to have a lead. But, so anyway... Uh, the one article I was reading this week, and I'll spare you a read, but I, I recommend you, I recommend you read it anyway. Is there's one loss? I mean, Tony Luce came back to Chicago, like they were. He was on the White Sox Talk podcast, Chuck Garfarm, and they're talking to him, and they're like, "Hey, you know, uh, what's it like being back in Chicago?" And he's like, "You know what? There's one loss that I'm still haunted by, and people remind it with me all the time. I'm every time I come here, it's uh, the 1983." Uh, 
playoff loss, game four of the ALCS to the Baltimore Orioles. He's like, that one still bothers me. And he re- he, <laughs> he remembered it just like it was yesterday. And Tony La Russa, if you hear him talk, he's very slow and deliberate. You know, you know, he sounds like an old man. But he 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 remembered. It's crystal clear. It's almost like, yeah, like I said, it's like it happened yesterday. So the White Sox in this game four against the Orioles. We're going to take a little trip down memory lane here. Uh, I was not alive, I guess, at this time. But you're going to hear some baseball history regardless. So it's game four. Uh, Orioles are ahead in the series 2-1. to one. The White Sox won game one because Lamar Hoyt, who, won, who won, I went, ended up winning the Cy Young that year. He's the ace of the White Sox. He won the game one for them. Um, now they're deadlocked. Just because the Orioles went on to win the next two. And it was best of five series. So, they're deadlocked, 0-0, 7th inning. Uh, and White Sox get runners in scoring position. Runners first and second. Nobody out. Jerry Dominski comes up. And he's the best bunter on the team. Tony La Russa, aggressive manager, he goes, well, hey, we're going to lay a bunt down, move the runners over, we're going to get a little hit and run going, we're going to score a run. And Dubinsky his bunt, he failed to move the runners over. It doinked off home plate. Catcher pounces on it, throws it to third. They get an easy one out. So still runners first and second. Now there's one out. Next batter comes up, hits a base hit to right field. Vinsky's running to second. Overruns second base. They tag him out there. Runs him out of the inning. They go on to lose an extra innings, three to nothing, uh, off a solo home run. Uh, and that still bothers Tony La Russa to this day. He's like, I'm still reminded about this by fans. And what made it worse, he says, the next year, 1984, opening day, well, guess who gets the opening day start? It's Lamar Hoyt. White Sox win that game easily. So that just confirmed in Tony La Russa's mind. If they would have won that game four, and there wasn't that base running mistake in the seventh inning, uh, that, man, goes to game five Hoyt's back on the mound we would have won we would have went to the World Series so it's kind of a little redemption tour for him in 2021 that's all I have for you this week thank you so much for listening uh go team J dash and the clash of unhinged uh if you were listening <laughs> support that we appreciate it and go check us out on Colorcast this weekend that's all we have for you thank you so much for listening have a wonderful rest of your week